Richard. Hello, Lizzie. So we're here today for another Newsflash episode, um, again, following the theme of our last Newsflash around uh, non-payment of rent and rent arrears. This one is the Atmore Centres and TFS stores. Um, do you want to start by giving us a bit of background into this case? Yeah, it's uh, it's an old favourite of ours, is TFS stores. They've uh, featured in, well, certainly one of the Newsflash we did in a and a case uh, from earlier in the year on 54 Act exclusion warning notices. Um, but it's the fragrance shop and Atmore Centres. It's a case that was uh, heard in the county court in Liverpool uh, on November the 1st. The judgment was, uh, was on November the 1st, which is significant, as perhaps we'll come back to shortly. And it's, as you mentioned, Lizzie, it's uh, yet another case on um, suing in debt uh, for rent uh, arrears uh, accumulated during the various lockdowns in the pandemic. Can you remind us of the previous cases? Yeah, I think we've, we did a podcast on certainly a couple of them uh, in the past, which I'm sure you'll you know, be able to get hold of. Um, the first case, so, I mean, the background really was that um, currently, since the end of March last year in the, um, the first uh, of the lockdowns, uh, the Coronavirus Act of 2020, uh, stops uh, landlords forfeiting for non-payment of rent across the board, whether the non-payment of rent is in relation to uh, pandemic and lockdowns or not. And also that now extends to March the 25th next year. Uh, likewise, until March the 25th, there are limitations uh, which make commercial rent arrears recovery for non-payment of rent uh, to all intents null and void. Um, and until the end of March next year, uh, you can't uh, petition for winding up uh, if the reason for any debt is, is COVID. There's also a provision, which I haven't really stressed in the past, actually, that um, uh, you can't oppose a new lease on ground B, which is persistent delay in payment, payment of the rent, if the reason for the delay is, is the pandemic. And the previous cases really sort of circumvented all those various changes. Um, the first was uh, in April of like, this year, uh, a case you'll remember, Lizzie, Commerce Real Investment Gesellschaft and uh, TFS Stores about the Westfield Centre uh, premises in the Westfield Centre in Shepherd's Bush in London, where the court accepted that perhaps you're not able to affect forfeiture and the likes, but you can still sue in debt for non-payment of rent. And the tenants' various arguments against that, which were sort of mooted again in this particular case, uh, failed. Um, the other case, there was another couple of cases, one called uh, Bank of New York Mellon and um, City UK, where they tried to argue that rent suspension provisions in relation to damage or destruction uh, would cover uh, pandemics and lockdowns and government intervention requiring you to shut down your premises. That failed. They also, as an attempt, a fairly half-hearted attempt to claim uh, the lease was frustrated because of the lockdowns. Uh, and also that uh, the landlord should claim off his own business interruption insurance, and all those uh, failed. Uh, and the other case that I remember doing a, a news flash on in the early autumn was a case, uh, London Trocadero and Picture House Cinemas, uh, where they tried to argue, amongst other things, that there must be an implied term that if you're required by law to shut down your premises, the rent wouldn't have to be paid. Um, that also failed. Um, oh, incidentally, a um, bit of uh, updating, uh, both Bank of New York Mellon uh, and Cine UK and also London Trocadero and Picture House Cinemas, uh, they've got leave to appeal to the Court of Appeal, so we've not necessarily heard the end of it. 
Well, this Atmore case, which is, uh, as I mentioned, it's only a good county court case, follows on from that. What defences did they try to put forward there? Now, some was a, a rehash of previous cases. Um, I wasn't surprised at the decision. Um, but the first uh, argument they put forward, which they've done in the Commerce case as well, uh, was that there's a, a code of practice on commercial property relationships uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic, which basically says the parties must cooperate with one another in reaching some sort of settlement about rent arrears. Uh, the original code was from June of uh, 2020. There was a revision in April of this year, and a new version uh, came uh, into force on November the 9th. Uh, but uh, hopefully they're right, but it's now refers to not during the COVID pandemic, but commercial property relationships following the COVID-19 pandemic. So hope they're right. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah, but uh, anyway, that claim failed on the basis that currently at least, though not in the future, it is not legally binding against a code of practice. And they also found that the landlord had tried to engage with the tenant and um, settle you know, the rent arrears amicably. If anybody wasn't engaging, it was the tenant. Uh, so that was the first argument that failed. The second argument that failed in suing in debt was that uh, if you were able to sue the tenants in debt, then it would just circumvent uh, all the statutory provisions we mentioned, like uh, commercial rent arrears recovery being all but suspended uh, and uh, winding up petitions and the likes and, and, and forfeiture for non-payment of rent being off the agenda. I mean, that also failed as well. They said there was nothing in the legislation that mentioned that you couldn't sue in debt. Um, the third argument, and the main argument, was in relation to insurance, that uh, the tenant argued that the landlord could have been, should have been expected to take out uh, insurance for themselves, which would cover you know, lost money and the likes uh, as a consequence of government intervention. Um, uh, and lockdowns, statutory lockdowns or notifiable illnesses. Uh, the court just basically said that's not the case at all. Uh, and in any case, the tenants, if they wanted to cover themselves, should have agreed to, uh, and taken out their own business interruption insurance, which covered not just damage and destruction, but also notifiable illnesses and, and lockdowns and pandemics. And they didn't. Um, they also said that, uh, well, the, the tenants also argued, same argument as have been put forward in the Bank of New York case, that um, the rent suspension provisions uh, covering damage to the property, the rent would be suspended. Uh, damage to the property meant physical damage and that didn't include uh, notifiable illnesses and government intervention either. Well, they also said that the landlords uh, shouldn't be expected to uh, pursue the insurance first. They should... Uh, you know, they've got every right to pursue the tenant. The rent wasn't suspended. The rent was contractually due under the lease. And um, if the landlord, the landlord probably in those circumstances wouldn't be able to claim off their insurance anyway. So unsurprisingly, I suspect uh, the various claims all failed. You mentioned earlier that it was significant that the judgment was uh, made on November the 1st. Do you want to touch on why that is? Yeah, we've uh, done another news flash on, uh, on this, but uh, just to sort of recap, um, on November the 9th, the um, government introduced uh, the commercial rent coronavirus bill into Parliament, 
uh, is expected to come into force on March the 25th, uh, the same day as uh, for which of a non-payment of rent is off the agenda, and also commercial rent agreements recovery uh, uh, changes back to closer to what it used to be. Um, it uh, introduces uh, protected rent debt as a, uh, a claim uh, that the rent uh, will be ring-fenced in certain businesses, the hospitality, retail, leisure sector, basically the premises, the types of premises that had to shut down by government intervention, uh, even during time periods when they were allowed to open between various lockdowns. And uh, for six months, possibly to be extended further, then they, there'll be no ability to affect forfeiture within those areas or to sue in debt for rent claims. That's only for the hospitality, retail, leisure sector. The estimate is that about 30% of all rent arrears, seven and a half billion pounds of them, are within the hospitality, retail, leisure sector. So the, the cases are still very much significant in a large part of the market, but not hospitality, leisure or retail. Um, if you, uh, well, you can't issue uh, proceedings, the stay on proceedings uh, for, for debt claims as of November the 10th in those particular areas. And if there are current proceedings uh, in the courts, uh, they uh, can't be enforced, any debt claims can't be enforced. And you will be able to, as of March the 21st, uh, revisit and go to arbitration as to what the arrears can be. But I do stress that was only about 70, well, 30% of the market. And obviously the case, the judgment was pre that date, November the 1st anyway. So that's what I meant by that, uh, Lizzie. And that's it. And no doubt we'll be revisiting the commercial rent uh, coronavirus bill some stage in the future. Excellent. Thank you very much, Richard. There you go. Thank you for listening to this episode of Unpacking the Case. 